From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Lamont Revelet, the president of Kane University. Lamont, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, Abby. Um, thank you for having me today. I look forward to our discussion. Let's dive in. You previously served as the Commissioner of Education for the state of New Jersey and now serve as the president of Kane University. In New Jersey's fiscal year 2023 budget, education is receiving significant increases in funding. In what ways is New Jersey's robust education funding helping to foster creativity and innovation within schools and institutions of higher education? Abby, as we all know, that New Jersey public school system consistently ranked amongst the best in the nation. Um, and that's our K-12, and we all know about Princeton University, Rutgers University, and how we have a robust uh, uh, K-12, and we have a higher ed system. So we're very pleased with that. Um, and as Commissioner of Education, I was most proud about the historic funding levels that Governor Murphy put into K-12, and I think it's consistent with the budget he has now, but, but now being on the other side of the aisle, I'm excited about, about um, the investments. Uh, this year, you see probably about over $45 million in new monies coming in higher ed. However, the money is strategically placed. Um, we have something called outcome-based allocations. And that money is for, for, for a lot of those universities who are doing a great job in regards to educating our, our uh, social mobility, our first generation our students of color, our financial needs, our Pell Grant, and our TAG recipients. So we're very pleased that the money is targeted and specifically specific, and it goes to what it is to help to persist individuals to graduation. And we call it level of playing field. So the money that we've gotten over the last couple of years under Governor Murphy, the last four years, have historic numbers across the board. But I think now in higher ed, we're starting to see the, um, the growth of our funding because it's level of playing field. And as a result of the pandemic, I think that's the support that we need. The higher education sector and the wider economy have changed in a number of ways over the last two years. Today, what are some of the innovative ways higher education is being reimagined? And how is Kane University looking to capitalize on those changes? Um, Abby, that's a great question, to be honest with you. I've been asked that question a lot. And I think a lot of my colleagues really talk about you know, being flexible. You know, I think that, you know, we're in higher education and academia, it's always been kind of that rote institution, right, of higher ed. Now, I think because of the COVID uh, pandemic, I think it allowed us to be able to become a little bit more forced us to become uh, flexible in regards to how we approach education, whether it's asynchronous or synchronous learning, whether it's, uh, it's in-person learning, um, whether it's brick and mortar style we're used to, or it's online. I think that kind of given us the green light as you would say, Abby, to move forward. I think that um, with that flexibility allowed us to be creative, creative in a ways we understand that because of this pandemic health crisis and some of the disparities that we've normally seen in education is blaring because of this pandemic uh, health crisis. And as a result of that, we really need to look at um, our, our students and looking at their mental health and like social and emotional learning. I think that's key. I think, you know, getting people ready to go back into the workforce, or in this case, going back to school. And I think finding creative ways 
to, to, to reach students, to help them persist to graduation. I think that's the most important thing. And like at Kane University, I'm excited about our initiative we have and our entrepreneur education initiative, which is to me is a division I created because as a former commissioner to really identify the gaps in pre-K to 12. And as we go from P to 16. And that gap is pretty much a pre-K to bachelor's degree pipeline. And we have something called the Kane Scholars Academy, which allow our students to, 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 to come to school, to attend the university, as well as the high school at the same time. And we have a dozen school districts participating. And that's one. Another one of those creativities is more so what we're doing with our outreach to our, to our districts and our neighboring districts. We currently have a project going on with, um, we're actually working with the city of Hillside. And what we're doing at Hillside is becoming a literate city. It means we're working with the school district, the working municipality and the local business chamber and really thinking of ways, how can we, because of the learning loss, how can we create this literacy movement across the entire city? And as a result of that, we'll be working with business leaders, providing professional learning to them where the students will get uh, um, tutorials, they'll get uh, uh, instructions from the barber, um, from the laundromat owner, from, from the bodega owner. And, and that way they will allow, and then we'll use technology and use a QR code to be able to um, have a way to track that student and track the work that we're doing. So these are some of the things that we're talking about, thinking outside the box, being creative, meeting the students or meeting our community where they are, and I think because of the pandemic health crisis kind of spurred this creativity and allowed us to be nimble and flexible. A common theme that arises in conversations with employers relates to a growing gap between hard technical skills that students are proficient in and the soft interpersonal skills that they lack. Why are universities critical to bridging that gap? And what creative methods are you instituting at Kane University to make that happen? Well, we understand there's definitely a gap between um, higher ed and the workforce. I think that many conversations have been going on beyond that. I think opportunities in technology and the technological fields and higher education move in a big way to train our workforce for those jobs. And at Kane, we have an outstanding STEM program that we continue to nurture and to foster to make sure that our students are prepared not only from the application standpoint, but making sure that from a communication standpoint, critical think is important. So I think that when you look at our career service or look at any internship opportunities, I think it, what's going on at Kane is that we're really looking at workforce development in, in a strategic way, um, such as looking and making sure that our students have an opportunity to gain these valuable soft skills early on as a freshman and then kind of scaffold and build upon those skills, uh, Abby, from freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And that's through our, not only through our career services, but also through some of the courses that we teach along the way. Our freshman course, we have a transition to Kane course, which allows them to really kind of get hold of what it is to be a college student. And then opportunities and internship and career services by doing mock interviews. But then we put them in the real world through an internship, and that allows them to really gain such as going to work on time, being punctual. I think that's important, dress for success. And I think so as we start to really cultivate this mindset of careers early, right? And, and, and engage them early on in those discussions and conversations by bringing outside speakers, external speakers in the corporate field to really talk about the experiences and to kind of highlight the diversity. But I know there's a movement right now, um, the federal government, someone just passed some type of legislation in regards to haircuts. 
right? And, they, and hairstyling. And I, so I think it's important to be able to talk to them to say, students, you can be your authentically self, which is your hair. However, there's still a decorum in which we must adhere to when you go into the interview. That's dress for success, dress your best. Make sure you have a professional uh, headshot. So we have a machine on campus in career services that take professional headshots so our students can have that because we understand equity is important in access. So we want to try to provide them access to, to, to soft skills training, access to internships, and ability and resources to get these pictures, but also give them the opportunity, it's where the equity piece come in, the opportunity to really go out there and get jobs that may be limited to them because of transportation issues or because of their scheduling or their responsibility. So we're really looking at career services here at Kane to really kind of bridge the gap between we understand the skills that they need versus the skills they need to attain. And I think that's what we're doing at uh, Kane University through our career, Office of Career Services. To round out our discussion today on creativity, how would you define creativity? And what does that look like for Kane University and higher education moving forward? I think creativity used to be a, a taboo word when we talked about higher education. Because you know, there was a lot of emphasis on research, a lot of emphasis on, on the coursework and the theoretical framework. But I think right now, because of COVID, the demand of the workforce, even the, even the millennials that we have right now, I think that we need to approach them differently. And I think what we need to do is be creative in thought. Think outside the box. What we did years ago, we know will not work now. The pandemic health crisis kind of just pretty much just took everything that we thought about the workforce and turned it upside down. So now we must create a system that, that we know to produce the outcomes. So when I talk about think outside the box, is that you have I mean, diversity? We talk a lot at King University about diversity, and we're not just talking about black and white. We're talking about diversity in looks, diversity in ethnicity, diversity in sexual orientation, because we understand that having diverse people around the table, you kind of get these thoughts and ideas that you never would have had before. But I think the homogenous style of, of, of approaching the collaboration doesn't work anymore. So I think right now for us is to create these spaces where we can hear our student voices. And at Kane University, we have something I call the President's Advisory Council, which is made up of our student leaders on campus. And they are my eyes and ears. I mean, their job is not to report on anyone in regards to what's going on, but just be, be able to tell us exactly how they feel, what's their experience, and how we can actually help that. And as a result of that, we're now being creative in how we approach them. By having meetings with our campus police department when it comes to safety, they have a seat at the table. Or having student town hall meetings where they actually have their voices heard and now we can come up with solutions to some of their concerns and their problems. So I think this is the perfect storm. I call it a problem opportunity when it comes to this pandemic health crisis because we now identify the problem. We have an opportunity to kind of change our system to create a system that fosters creativity and also create a system that will deliver on the outcomes in which we expect. And that's for our students to persist in graduation. Well, thank you again, Lamont. Well, thank you, Abby. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And I look forward in the future to actually having more conversations with you. Absolutely. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.